Hello, welcome to the Curator Podcast. This is episode 37. Hi, hello, welcome once again, dear listener, to the Curator Podcast. I am your host, Mark Fraser, and this is episode number 37. And what can only really be deemed as perhaps a very small miracle, this episode's come out in time, which is a cause for celebration, I think. After the last one was out a little bit late, and as I said in my introductory ramble, maybe I should book stuff in advance. Well... I did that and now I have one which is going to go out in time. So yeah, I hope that this is more satisfactory for you, dear listener. But before I jump into the podcast and before I give you more information on who it is that I'm talking to this week, I was recently asked to be on a podcast and to be interviewed as opposed to be the interviewer. And man, that's a weird thing. I've never been interviewed before outside of a job interview obviously so I've never done a podcast interview so with that in mind I went down and did the interview and you know what it was a lot of fun I did enjoy it I mean sometimes I did slip into being the interviewer just asking questions but I think that's because I'm more I'm more of a naturally curious person I think that's probably why a lot of the interviews I do flow quite well it's because I enjoy asking people questions because when I was younger, my mum and my dad told me you should never stop asking questions. So I guess I've taken that to heart. And now that I'm 30, I still love asking questions and I still love, I'm still just a generally curious person. So maybe that's why this podcast works out right for me. I don't know. Anyway, let's get down to business, shall we? On this episode, I have Kyle from We Came From Wolves. Now, I was thinking about interviewing Kyle for a little while, but I never really got around to asking him. And one day he got in contact with me and asked if we could do an interview, and I was like, yeah, totally, man. Like, let's do that, because I like I like the band, and over the years I've kind of followed them, and I like their sound. So it was really great to actually sit down and have a chat with the guy, because, you know, a lot of the time, I, I don't really like it when people, when people approach me and ask if they can do an interview, because I really, I only really talk to people that I actually, whose music I actually like, and sometimes people come and ask me, if we can do an interview and usually I would do it but it's difficult sometimes to find the time to listen to their music I will get around to it one day but I like one of the reasons that this podcast works so well I think is because I talk to people whose music I have a knowledge of and Kyle We Came From Wolves are a band I do have knowledge of so I was really happy to sit down and have a chat with them so after wandering about Glasgow for a little bit, we found a pub which was reasonably quiet, didn't have music that was on quite loud in the background, sat down and had a chat, and the chat went in all different directions, and it's quite a long it's quite a long conversation, but it's also, I think, a really good conversation, so I hope you enjoy it, because I certainly had a lot of fun, I had a lot of fun talking to him, and I think we got on pretty well, so yeah... Going to open up the interview now with a song. This song is called Butterflies, and I hope you enjoy it.
Okay, well, we've had a pretty good chat so far, but didn't hit record, so I guess we'll start off with asking my usual question. How you doing? I'm not bad, man. I think we've kind of covered all bases, so we'll just leave it there, will we? Aye, that's it. It was just 12 seconds. That's it. Interview's over. <laughs> oh, man. So let's, uh, let's, let's go back to the start. Yeah, you've had the podcast before, yeah? Yeah, mate. So you know what my first question's going to be? I'm pretty sure I do, yeah. Where did it all start? Where it all started for me? Uh, probably quite late. To be honest, to most kind of music kind of guys, uh, I was one of these football guys. Like, would only wear Nike trainers, white, obviously, and Man United and St. Johnson tops. Uh, thought all this music malarkey was just for moshers and stuff when I was about 15. And uh, I watched my friend's band. He, he dragged me along to the school assembly um, to watch his band, Pen15. Absolute classic name, obviously, as well. Um, and they were like a pop-punk band. And I watched that and I just saw the kind of crowd reaction and the energy they were given and the melodies. And I just thought, oh, that's actually unreal. And to be honest, that definitely like turned everything around for me. Um, and from there, I just asked him, you know, hounded him for guitar lessons and stuff like that. I know no theory to this day. I just play with my finger shapes and memorise it. Uh, but from there, I just realised that's what I wanted to do, write songs and sing songs. That's a really interesting genesis, man. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I heard this band when I was this young, or my family's always been musical. But from being a sports guy to to suddenly being, holy shit, I want to do that. It's... Yeah, man. I mean, when I think back and kind of analyse it a wee bit, I think I've always loved melody. Like I've always like been into hooky, uh, hooky music. But no matter what kind of genre it is, and thinking back in my childhood, I can definitely like pick out songs like um, Army Dreamer by Kate Bush. I can remember that when I'm like a wee boy. Um, Love Cats by The uh, the Cure um, just stuff like that really sticking in my head Sultan's a Swing stuff like that but I didn't come from a musical family and these kind of like very few songs have definitely stuck in my head from like radio or car drives or something like that you know tape decks from your auntie driving somewhere the beach or something um, but yeah man like it, it definitely wasn't ever in me to, to really think I wanted to write music but as soon as I did it just became kind of obsessively all I was wanting to do so can you remember the first? What, can you remember the feeling you had when you first wrote a song? And you're like, holy shit, I just did that. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, Being that age, kind of 16, 17, I've been going out with a girl for like six months and thought that was kind of like everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, uh, exactly, man. Like it seems like you know it's a five-year relationship when you're that age. Um, so I went and saw this uh, my mate's band play. Still going out with this girl. Thought. 
I'd love to write songs and stuff like that, but you're trying to like, write about stuff and you don't know anything because you've just had a great life because you're 16. Do you know what I mean? Like, where's the inspiration coming from? Um, and then the old heartbreak pulls out, you know, comes out the bag. Um, and then I listened to like Finch letters to you, and that was me. Boom, you know, I was like, all right, yeah, this is how you write a song. So I'm like rinsing that kind of like pain for for my, you know, the catharsis of writing. Um, and uh, yeah, I wrote I wrote a song and music for her, sent it to her. You know, who knows what that did? But <laughs> that was just that was the start of it, mate. <laughs> I was playing a show last night with Matt and uh, during, during uh, in between bands, I started playing "What uh, Is the Bond by Finch. Oh, brilliant! And uh, like that for me, that's really weird, man. Because like you said, you said to me before we started, you're 29, I'm 30, so it's one of those things. Like I, I was not a huge Finch fan, but "What Is the Bond like for some reason just has like a special resonance when I was like 17 as well it's bizarre man it, it's absolutely so good and the thing the thing that's really cool about Finch actually I wouldn't even rank them as like one of my favourite bands but it's quite cool we're talking about them um, because I guess it just it's one of these ones that I always talk about how like music from when you're young like you just you hear it and it just takes you right back um, but I remember loving Finch loving that album and then Say Hello to Sunshine came out the more kind of like heavy, you know, like disjointed um, kind of version of them. And I remember like hating it because it wasn't the Finch I knew. But then about five years later, thinking it was like one of the best albums I've ever heard. And I just think that's important for obviously how your musical taste can change or what you appreciate in music and things like that. But yeah, man, it's... I used to have like in high school, I used to have uh, that Timberwolves at New Jersey song by uh, Taking Back Sunday. And to this day, if I hear it, man, like, I'm transported to, like, shit, it's five to nine. I'm late for school, you know what I mean? Like, it's amazing, like, I love that. Can you still remember that first song, you know? Uh, yeah, I can, yeah. The music teacher, um, she actually, like, loved it so much. And this was, like, the first tune in a row. It isn't, like, honking horns or that. I guess she maybe just hadn't had anyone in the class that really liked the kind of styles that I'd maybe started listening to. Um, but the music teacher was like really like wanting to do harmonies on it and I remember being a bit like nah I think I'll just do it myself and she's like no no I think it would really be good if I did some female harmonies on it so she's like pure pressure to me to do it but yeah we did it man we recorded it to tape um, with an acoustic guitar I begged my mum for for Christmas and then I remember like playing playing my mum the tape in the car and she was like obviously super proud and that thinking that's probably all he's ever going to do with music but yeah, man, I wanted to call it your song, but then my mate said, kind of, Elton John's, he's got a bit of that on there. So I don't know what it was called, like, first song, stroke one or something. It's interesting that you mentioned, like, your mum thought that you might grow out of it, because my mum still hopes that one day I'll grow out of listening to heavy music. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Now, my mum, to be, to be totally fair, man, my mum's been super, super supportive, but... Um, she absolutely loves, man, everything we do, like, so much. Like, we'll put on, like, a, a post, you know, and put it out to people who like us kind of like all over the place and stuff and then you'll get like Marion Burgess like oh you're doing so great boys kiss and you'll be like right back down the earth but that's class you know um, when we when we played at the Samas and like really gracious like thankfully like picked up the award was really thankful for that um, for the best rock um, I, she didn't she wasn't meant to be coming you know and like there was people in the crowd that we knew and a lot we didn't it was a packed house at the garage picked up the award and then like she's down the front like shouting and that and I was like oh my god like she's come all the way from Perth you know but um aye man that's what it's about that's cool that she's into it was that the same year that Bare Arms won? no this was just last year man uh, well this no yeah last year yeah I think Bare Arms won two years ago was it aye but no sweet that they won they're great guys yeah. as well man that's just interesting like the whole Samus thing is um I guess it's one of those things that I'd never really paid much attention to before like mm-hmm. But you have one of the wars, that must be pretty cool. Yeah, man, I mean, we're the same. Like, <clears throat> I know Richie really well, and I think it's class what he's done. Um, and when we first moved to Glasgow, um, we played the showcase, but we had nothing to do with awards and that. And he really does give a good kind of platform for bands who are kind of wanting to, to do a wee bit, you know, further than, than just play and not really have much ambition about it, which is also really fine if that's what people, you know, are aspiring to. Uh, but we really did want to drive on and we thought uh, that's pretty cool but music's not a competition so whether you're a, you know awarded anything or nominated for anything really doesn't matter fuck like as long as people are into your music like people tell me like 
you know, they love the lyrics or the song means this to them or that to them or I listen to the song and, and still get the feels on them, then that's the most important thing. But to be nominated was pretty cool um, and we were up against some great bands. Um, you know, um, to say my favourite out of them would probably be Catholic Action and as I said before when we were chatting, I know Ryan, the drummer, pretty well from, from Fives. Uh, we bit of five sides, a deadly striker, but no match for me, Ryan. <laughs> um, but no, they they were up for it, and that that's the kind of annoying thing because obviously at the end of the day it's a votes thing. So you know, uh, we we won it, and I'm that's not going to ever say that you know who's a better band or anything like that. But we are really thankful to win it because it meant the people who were into us, you know, took the time to, to make that heard. So that's all it means. That's all it meant to us. But it was nice to take that and say thank you to the people who had supported us. That's all it meant. Um, it doesn't doesn't mean we say, oh, sweet, we've done it. Like, not at all. You know, we crack on even more. But it came at the, the end of a year where we played some major festivals, uh, played Tea Break and we're and we played in Bratislava and France and Germany. We put out our debut album and then we got that award. So it was a nice end to a year, you know, right at the end and, and there was a lot of free Heineken and that was probably the best thing about it, Mark. <laughs> I was uh, I was listening to the melody on it. It's really interesting you said at the start that you were kind of picking up melody because one of the questions I have is um, how do you go about finding, like, finding melody? Um, well, truth be told, like, and I know this sounds like a really wanky answer and I wish you didn't have to say it, but I only would tell the truth, but... I don't really sit down ever to write songs and I don't um, because I can't read music and because of I, I mean I couldn't tell you an A chord or a G chord I, I do not have a clue like, I just move my fingers and I, I so I, I wish I did because it takes a long time to write a song but I just play about but what I do when I'm writing a song is my uh, voice memos on my iPhone are just like stacked I just would be walking to work or wake up in the morning or go for a bath or whatever and I'll just like get a melody and then I'll just record that and then I'll put kind of chords around that. So I don't really know how to do it, man. It just it, it, it is just one of these things, a bit of a brain fart and sure there are tons that are not good at all. Um, but I kinda just roll with the ones that I think sound pretty good. So I don't I don't have a process at all really. Well that's that's still kind of implicitly learning or sort of practicing the craft on a daily basis, you know what I mean? Like yeah, I guess, man. I mean, I, I definitely do kind of, like, record everything that comes in my head, um, unless it's, like, proper shit. <laughs> but um, I wish... I really, really, really do think that these guys that all go to a practice room together and they go, right, we'll write this song and I've got this wee bit and stuff like that. And I've been in bands with guys who are fantastic songwriters. Um, like, it, the old line-up where we came from, we the original one, was Greg Erickson on guitar and John Harkis on drums. And they'd played in bands like Dirtbox and PMX, who had done great things over the Scottish scene and in Europe and Canada and Spain and things like that. Spain's in Europe, by the way, guys. Um, and uh, more recently as well, was in a... Um, Taylor and Harrison White, who've actually just left the band. Um, more on that later, but... Um, they're great writers as well but never did I take advantage of or, or say let's sit down and write something it's just not something I feel I can do I feel like my head's swimming with these ideas I've got the melodies down and when it's time to write I then just lock myself away and I draw on these kind of memos and then just build a song around that I just don't feel comfortable letting other people in until I've kind of got something finished So, so I mean between the now two lineup changes yeah. and and <clears throat> having a head that's always got full of ideas like is that why like there's been quite it feels like to me it's been quite a long process it was quite a long process walking up to the album is that is that fair yeah definitely man um and yeah you're probably right if i guess normal people i don't know because you know what is normal but i guess i but I, I guess like going in a practice room and going right lads we're all bros here <laughs> you know i've got this riff what have you got let's write it you could probably write a tune you know, in a session, I remember we've written one song in the history of this band, spanning 2010. One song together, it was Paradise Place, which was a title track for the EP before the album. And it was like 2013 or 14. Um, and that was when we had a new lineup change with the, the Taylor and Harrison White who joined at that time. Um, they came with an idea, I had some different ideas, we kind of merged it together. Any time from that, it's either been their ideas and then I'll do all melodies or like I'll write the whole song and then bring it to them, um, to everybody. Um, 
and I guess that's probably why it is a long process because for example the guys right now will be like what are you working on and I've, I've genuinely got about 30 songs not not finished at all but purposefully not finished because I don't have the time to sit and I would make other things drawn out um, so I'll just leave them and leave them till it's time to record and then we'll do it so yeah we'll probably, we're probably just doing the meat and bones of being in a band rather than writing as we go you know which will obviously make it a lot longer a process but I don't feel that that's stunted anything um, yeah sure it'd be great to like be releasing songs you know prolifically and that's some of the guys I mentioned John Harkis for example he, he regularly writes you know two or three songs a month and posts them up and they're all great um, for me, like I need to have a real feeling about it. Like everyone goes into it, I can't just have throw away. Um, not that I'm saying people do that, um, but for me, like I would need to really invest a lot into a song before I would let it go. That's, that reminds me of Chuck Reagan's approach. Yeah, Chuck Reagan for hot water music. His approach was is always like, in a solo albums anyway. It's like a, a I'll write every single song like it's going to be like the the best song that yeah. I can do. I, I won't I won't half ass it. You know? Big time, man. No, that, that's exactly the, the approach I would take. And I'm sure people who maybe aren't a fan of what we do would say, oh, well, you're not doing a very good job or whatever. Like that, That's totally cool, man. I'm just doing the best I can to what I feel and what I love and or what it means to me or what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to convey. But, yeah, definitely, Like I'll, I'll maybe have a few ideas and I'll think, right, fuck, is it better that they all go in the one song? Whereas I could say, right, cool, I'll just put a standard pre-chorus first and I'll make five songs there. I'm constantly thinking. And I drive myself a bit insane as well because I'll be thinking, right, so the pre-chorus could do this, it could also do that, it could also do that, and I need to get that out of my head because, of course it could do that, it could do whatever the hell you want. But I'm always trying to think, like, but what is the best thing it could do? So... Yeah, I guess there's a bit of that, but I wouldn't say that's a good thing, to be honest, because I could probably write a lot more quicker if I was just more decisive. So when songs are finished, they're finished, they don't feel abandoned to you? Uh, so in what way do you mean, sorry? Whenever I write whenever I write songs, I always feel as though... They always feel like... They never feel finished, even when they are musically lyrically complete. Like they always, I always feel like I'm, I could do better, but I want to move on. So it's kind of abandoned. But I'm usually happy with what I've got, but it still doesn't ever feel quite complete to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, certainly, like, little bits will change. Uh, maybe the way I play a chord, or you're ringing it out, you're getting a bit of, like, guitar noise rather than, like, making it clinical, like, all chords together, or an ending of a song or something like that. But structure, melody, and lyrics, like, I... I proper drum it out so that I'm 100% with everything. So, yeah, when it's finished for me, it's kind of finished, other than mixing it up live a wee bit to just make it interesting. Um, the way we did the album was loads and loads of ideas going back and forward. We then <clears throat> kind of kept doing it over that year, that busy year that I talked about a wee bit before. We then booked out a log cabin at Loch Fine, where a few bands have done that, eh, Poor Things, La Fontaine's are up there just now. Um, just genuinely had kind of like 20 hour days with like 4 hours sleep you know a wee break for some pasta and stuff and um, and just literally got all the songs together and we've still got those recordings so it's like the moment that that song's finished like we've got it recorded demo wise with just one mic in the middle of the room so we did all that and they would go in the studio and we'd get it all done and I'd have rough melodies that I'd been working on from the time of the log cabin to the studio and also from the start because the melodies were inspired making the song but I didn't have any final lyrics locked in until like the day before I would start vocals so I would ask for a day off in the studio go down to 13th note and I did this with the EP the Paradise Place EP as well and I'd ask for a bounce from Bruce Rintoul our producer and I would sit in the 13th note and do a bit of people watching with my laptop and listen to the songs and I'd know the rough melody and the rough kind of lyrics I'd want but I would just like lock everyone in like 7 hours in the pub which is obviously a nice excuse for a few beers as well um, but yeah I would just lock it in right there and then and just scrutinise it and think is this what I want is this read well does it sound well sing it to myself kind of thing and then the next day I just record it so I leave it <laughs> I kind of give myself as much possible time as you know as I can um, and then it's locked in and by then fucking tough if it's no good you know that's interesting like that's fascinating to me to, to hear about that because my own my own lyrical process and stuff is much like much much different yeah. in every way but I love hearing that because how do you, how do, you do it? do you really want to know of course no of course 
Man, I don't like talking about myself too much in this podcast. <laughs> um, basically, I'm a, I'm a writer. Like yeah. that, is, that is what I do. That's what I've always done. Yeah. Um, and the music, for me, um, once it's complete, I will remember it, because I play guitar as well. We'll, we'll usually write songs, and false hopes will usually write songs, mostly together. Sometimes we'll, come in, we'll all come out with ideas, but then these songs will then be changed considerably, usually with a few exceptions which one of which the song we just brought out actually is um, probably one of the exceptions is like it was written by a bass player completely the way it is is the way it is um, but the lyrics for me like once the, like um, I'm just I've got a spurt of like fucking like some idea lyrically and I'll just I'll usually just write it in one go and that'll be it <laughs> I think no man I think that's ace and I think there's a lot to be said listen there's never going to be a right or wrong way and fans of you know, I doubt anyone's going to like be a fan of our band, hate your band, fan of your band, hate ours. What's the, there'd be no reason for that. I'm sure there'd be somebody. But, um, for example, people who think the way you write is brilliant will cite that as the reason why. People who maybe think my stuff's good will cite the reason that, you know, like there's no right or wrongs. And I really respect that because I will get, like when I do my voice memos, Sometimes I'll just like say lyrics in my head so I can record it down my phone while I'm walking down Socky Hill Street at like fucking 11 at night, you know. Um, and sometimes it'll make sense. I'll go, ah, that's quite cool. So I'll maybe kind of draw from that later on, but it's definitely put in a, in a drawer for me. Sometimes it's just shite so I can get the melody across. The words don't matter. Um, but obviously for yourself, that's the initial burst of inspiration. So you think something's put that in my head, so I may as well follow that up. Um, so, uh, yeah, man, I think that's, that's really fascinating as well. And it's just different ways people do it, you know. It's one of the reasons why this podcast exists, because it's about exploring creativity, you know. And I, I just love hearing that people do stuff. Because I'm, I'm interested in people's creative process, man, you know. And, too, man. and, like, hearing you doing that is something I wish I could do. I wish I could sit down and interrogate a song. For, for, for weeks like, I, I wish I could do that but nah, I'm so man. fucking impatient I can't <laughs> drives you crazy man like I genuinely when doing the album like had to and, and to be honest she was an absolute diamond about it but I had to tell my girlfriend her sister and her, her sister's husband and she's got niece and nephews so it wasn't like I was sending her away to fucking you know some jail or that but I had to say to my girlfriend Nick a few times like can you like please go away like for like a long weekend or something and a few times because I was like I need to concentrate and like I'm uh, I'm not good at like channeling out if she's popping in and going oh have you seen this that you know so and so said or oh what do you want to do at the weekend I'm like I can't channel in I needed to lock the door no nobody's coming in for four days I remember a long bank holiday weekend when I was doing the album doing lyrics and stuff like that literally from the Friday to the finishing work on the Thursday night I took the Friday off till going to work on the Tuesday morning didn't leave my house didn't do anything other my Xbox was packed away because it had broken I wasn't going to get it fixed because I had to write an album it was 100% writing, 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 writing apart from at the end of the night I would give myself like two hours to watch The Sopranos and uh, there was a lot of gin and tonics there was a lot of red wine there was a lot of beer it was an expensive weekend but I got a ton of and that, but that was the demos before the log cabin so even that bit was like because I'd left it so late because I'd let it all build up that was like so much work just to then let the guys in on what was in my head I'm sure I must be some sort of mental like you know that that, that can't be right but it just is the only way I can kind of get it separated before I let people hear it I don't think it's a, like you like there's no right or wrong way but like Ryan Adams himself has got a tendency to write songs in bursts and then spend ages just refining them, you know. It's, I mean, I admire that process. It's, it's, it's great, you know. Like, um, I don't. There's no, like I said, like the way that you do it is, is the way that it works for you, and it, it, it works really well. Do you know I mean, the songs, the songs do come off as being really well honed and really well crafted, you know. And you can see the evolution of like your process as 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 the as the records progress. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man. No, yeah. I, I guess obviously everybody gets better at what they're doing. Um, but yeah, it's, like I'm saying, it's it's not a very smooth process. It, it takes quite a while. And as I said earlier, I've got about thirty that I'm ready to do now. I don't know if that's going to be another album or we we do an EP just to keep things a bit swifter because we plan on being really busy this year as well. Um, but 
yeah, my, my head's kind of now at the point it's like, right, well, I'm going to need to start working on these now because I've, there's so much built up. So whether that's going to be taking myself off to, to a wee cabin or something or asking her to go down to England again, like, who knows? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, it's just a bit of daunting prospect. But it's daunting but exciting because I always have loads of material, but it's daunting to me because I know how much of an ass I'm going to be at trying to sort it all out. So... With that in mind, like, and having to sort all that shit out, who are some of the songwriters that, that you look up to? Um, yeah, no. Um, you, we mentioned it before we started chatting. Jesse Lacey's fantastic songwriter. Um, my favourite poet, I would call him. Um, well, let's say Morrissey and Johnny Marr were a fantastic writing combination. I love them. But I think a guy who's picked up that mantle and isn't properly accredited with it yet, but will be in the kind of time that's passed from the Smiths to now to from this band to now is Alex Turner. I think he is otherworldly. You know, his, his grasp of the English language and his imagery that he can kind of convey through pop songs, really. I mean, it's indie, you know, there's a wee bit of R&B in their last stuff, you know, old school R&B, but... Their pop songs are catchy, melodic. Um, some of his songs are just heartbreaking, and that's what I love, man. Like, honestly, like, if I could, uh, you know, I love old school pop punk songs. I love songs that maybe make me think of happy times. Obviously, I do. Everybody likes to be happy, but if I've got a night to myself and I'm putting on a playlist or something, then I'm putting on this playlist I've got called Feels, and that's just it's songs that fucking break your heart, man. Like, I love to feel that, like, and. He manages to just do that so much. But, yeah, Jesse Lacey, I'd say Mar, Mar Morrissey together, um, Alex Turner. Um, obviously, the big man from Ayrshire, Simon Neal, um, fantastic songwriter. And I know he's really influenced by the Red House Painters. Um, so I've been listening to a bit of them as well. But I think for me, in, in my kind of... Um, my kind of life would probably be brand new erratic monkeys as like crafting a song no matter what the genre no one can listen to that and think that's not fantastic you know So I know 
There's a hole in this nest. There's a knife in my chest. Forgot just where your head leans. I'm sure that you'll deflect. The same you just accept. But you've forgotten where your head leans. You've forgotten where your head leans. Talking about this with a few people, and it seems to be the case. It's like the whole the idea of catharsis, like the ripping the bandaid off, and songs returning to feelings which are universal for everyone. But they're also it's like it's pain. That's what we write about. You know what I mean? Well, that's really the only thing I know how to, to write about. Like, that's not like bring a pure spotlight on. So let's talk about all this fucking heartbreak you've had. And that nah, not at all. But. um there's very few songs I've... Let me have, have a very, very quick thought. Nah, like, there's there's no songs that I've written that are because I'm pure happy about something. And maybe, maybe that's... Maybe that I'm missing a wee market for myself there. Maybe I should tone into that and maybe that would create even better results, but they don't really need to come out. I would just kind of be that. I feel like I'm a positive, happy guy, but anything and it might not be huge amounts of pain or that but little everyday pains that like some people might relate to and, and some are bigger pains and stuff like losing friends small town kind of life and and and, and not all, always only my kind of maybe unhappiness or wee bits of pain like I, I can do a lot of kind of viewing other people's and, and describing that but I feel that's the easiest thing to write about I don't know why it just seems to like vent you're able to kind of get that out and whether that's because you've got to sing the words and you've got to feel it like I can't go on stage and just sing it like it's karaoke and that's also not saying I'm going to like cut myself open when I stay on stage at Trent Reznor or whatever you know like but I definitely need to feel what I'm singing I need to give it all I need to like break my throat I need people to believe that I believe what I'm singing you know and that has become it was always my dream music wise a few years after I just wanted to be in a band because it looked cool but um it was always my dream to have people, you know, have their own... What well, we spoke about listening to a song and being transported back and to have me maybe write a song that 10 years from now someone will listen back to going, oh, man, I listened to that song and it, it related to me about this and, oh, I feel that again and stuff. And people have told me that and that to me that's, like, mission accomplished. Like, we could do loads of cool things. But the fact that that will be with somebody for their life means that for at least that one person or two peoples or whatever, their whole life, like, something I've written will be with them. So that kind of makes it live forever to some people. And I think that's pretty magical, you know? So is, is it... It just makes me think then, maybe it's what a lot of musicians do, is like we're seeking for connection with something and, I guess, not necessarily someone, but some feeling that we've had, you know? Yeah, man, 100%, yeah, Um I think I'm a sociable guy, but I probably don't let anybody kind of, like, in. So that way, you know, you just seem like, ah, oh, he's just a real happy guy. So if you can write stuff like that and people relate to it, there's kind of that, like, aye. So you kind of got what I, was, what I was getting at. Yeah, and you feel that too, so that's great. I, I'm not happy you feel that too, but it's nice, you know. So, yeah, yeah, you're probably, you're probably spot on with that. One of the things I was thinking about, I was listening to the album today, and it's, uh, I want to talk about Am I Useful a little bit. Yeah. Because it does seem to me that it's kind of all about like the the distant, the cognitive dissonance of doing what you love compared to having to fucking pay the bills. One hundred percent, man. Yeah, 
it's that kind of and this definitely wasn't like <clears throat> something anybody said to me but it was a kind of feeling that like right you'll need to maybe chuck this in in a wee bit if it doesn't work and what is fucking what is the point where it, it's working or it's not who the fuck can tell you that like I know for a fact we could when I was younger I saw making it and I'm doing those little fucking rabbit ear things as like you're just a full time band so we supported when we, when I was in a younger band Friday First we supported bands like Useless ID and Zebrahead and stuff from like Kung Fu Records really cool bands we were meant to get a uh, yeah, Rufio support and a uh, um, oh my god what's that band's name Slick Shoes support and then both those bands split up and stuff like that and my idea of making it was these guys are just touring all the time but then knowing what I know now I know that these guys were broke as fuck they were in a transit van they'd come from fucking America do you know what I mean like they were fucked but when you have people like you've made promises to you've depended on stuff you've got to balance it with paying some bills and doing this kind of shit so at the point we're at now we could literally be what my younger self would have thought making it we we could go on the road all the time right now and that'd be fantastic but it's a tough place now and you would what would you have to show for when you come back so you kind of have to balance it in terms of a bit insurance to actually have a life and do what you love as well but that then brings exactly what we're talking about those thoughts of right well how long can I keep doing it Um, and then that was that was my thought process there it's like well I could stop and have this like life, you know. I could I could take my girlfriend out for more meals. We could have a house rather than rent. I could be seen as, oh yeah, you know, he's got money, he does this and that. Because I'm not putting everything into this thing that some people think's crazy. But like, what would I've thrown everything into this? What the fuck would I be then? Like, would I be useful to myself? Like, nah, because I didn't go to uni because I wanted to like tour and jump in a, at that time a car and stuff like that and I didn't go on like unfortunately like pals holidays and stuff like that and you know I'm totally happy with the girl and we're now we've been with each other like seven years but there were relationships that I just sacked off because they wanted this you know more architect architectural whatever the word is guy who would yeah who would take them out for meals and drive them places and that I was like well that's a waste of my money and time because I'm in this band you know and this is what everything else so there's all that kind of shit you know that it's just my passion so what would I have I've kind of thrown my eggs in a basket and that's not me thinking like so it's definitely going to work so everything will be cool like no that's me thinking about like well I don't know what the fuck's going to happen because it's tough as fuck but all I do know is if I stop the band to try and like be what society thinks you should be at like a 30 something then I'm not going to be happy so that could be the worst thing I could do because I could die tomorrow so I'd rather be happy you know Does that angst follow you around still then? Oh yeah man I'm an angsty guy (laughs) but yeah man like I I work hard at the job I'm at and I'm responsible to the people who depend on me and, and things like that but I have never ever hidden from anybody employers you know love family that this is what I want to do and if there's something that comes up that means I can achieve that then I'll do that um, when I was a teenager I was in a band with like my best friends um, and we were starting to get okay stuff and I got offered to uh, join a, another band from Dundee who had got uh, offered one of those deals on the Warp Tour where you have to I mean at this age it sounds absolutely horrific um, where you have to go there and you have to like sell your CDs after every show and you're opening up for the bands at like 9 in the morning but it's a warp tour it's in America but if you can make enough money you can stay on it and I got offered to do that and do European tours and that and I went to tell my best friends I was like I'm going to join this other band um, and they said they, they, like one of the guys like started crying and like not in a pathetic way either it was like no man we've been doing this four years like I thought we were going to we want a tour and we want to do all this and I said okay I won't do it I won't do it and then two years three years later that band fucked you know it went nowhere this came out of it which I feel's done really well but that that was my lesson with, like if an opportunity comes like, I have to take it because I, I you know I felt I felt negativity towards them because they had kind of influenced my decision when I told them clearly and I, I let that happen so it's not their fault but that was always a lesson to myself and I've never been dishonest to anybody that if an opportunity comes up where I can make myself happy doing what I want then that's what I'll be doing so is, is that a drive for success or like what, what is that the power is that then yeah man that, <clears throat> that's a good question because it's certainly not like 
watch myself back on camera in a video or you know seeing live performances or even playing live to be, to be honest man playing live isn't even that big of a driver for it. it's not, not my biggest thing it's the creating things and having it ever like, like studio is my favourite thing in a band a lot of people say live like not for me um, so I don't think it's like success in terms of oh you're famous and that like, I, I know some people just call bullshit on that but it, it's true like it's not about being like a famous guy but it definitely is about like having this thing that I'm passionate about and trying to be able to trying to be able to just live my life doing something that I love would would be fantastic that's the driver for me and to be honest if I'm if I'm being totally honest and it might sound dickish but all you can be is honest in this world a lot of maybe things that people and things and situations that have inspired a lot of the vocals and, and lyrics and, and, and things like that maybe showing them you know a bit, a bit of a driver is kind of like well you know I was justified or you know I'll show you kind of thing which seems a bit immature man but they're primal feelings aren't they you know a bit of revenge like if by the best way to have revenge against people is living well and if you can live what you do you know that's very true actually I never really thought of it like that um, I'm wondering then are you finding it difficult to maintain that work uh, that band and life balance uh, no, because I've had a lot of practice for a long time um, and my work, to be honest. My girlfriend always says, oh, you're so lucky with your job because they'll just let you go if you've got a gig, you let you go that. But I've been lucky in my work for like the past like five jobs. So like I must be doing something right when I go there to be quite upfront with them that I'll burst my arse and do my job well while I'm there. But, you know, I'll need to, I'll need to go if there's a gig or stuff like that and make up time and stuff like that. So... It's probably a mixture of I'm sitting out and being honest and doing well when I'm there, but also um, you know having understanding people in the positions. So, and of course, like my girlfriend will you know want to spend more time and do stuff that like normal lasses will do. So go out and do this and do that. But she knows me well enough that uh, you know that's what I love, and I'm just going to be grumpy and looking at my phone and replying to emails if I'm if I'm you know not doing that. So, nah, it's, it's usually quite cool. So, we, you kind of touched, you talked, you talked about it quite, but we touched on it briefly. Um, as as we came from Wilder's success, I don't, I don't know. I don't think you could ever, and that's that's not like false modesty. Um, if you, if you're asking me, I'm happy with what we've done. Definitely, um, from where we are from, from the people that I meet, like it, it's it's done really well, and I'm really happy with what we have done. But I don't know what. Where where's the line for success? Like back in the day, would a, there's a lyric in one of my songs. Like, is it, would the seventeen year old be, you know, uh, two thousand and five? Uh, step back in time, circa two thousand and five. Ask this question to my teenager soul, um, and it's like asking, like, would you be happy with your lot now? Uh, definitely, you know, we've played with some amazing bands. We've toured, we've put out videos, we've put an album out through an indie label so not paid for it ourselves for the, the pleasure um, won an award if that's important to you played some major festivals our albums out in America played in Europe so I obviously all those things are fucking sweet to me even now but even more so if I was young but there's so many other people who are doing even better and I don't grudge them I think fucking great so you know, like I think it's such a hard question. Like, are you happy where you are? No. And if you are, you should probably just can it. But are you disappointed with where you are? No. But I don't know where the line of success is. I think it's really tough. There's some bands that I know who are doing fucking brilliant shit, and they probably still wouldn't class themselves as a success. You know, like it's it's a it's a struggle. Like it's not an easy industry for any of us bands. Like your band, my band, any band these days. I went and studied music business just as all the digital shit was really kind of like dwindling all the music sales and it's, it's interesting, it's heartbreaking, it's scary, you know, like, it's like, what the fuck, what is the music industry these days? No one's really got a clue, like, it's, it's a bit fucked, so will you make money? Probably not, but does that mean you should stop? Oh, who says that music should be there so you make money? You know, it's a, it's a real tough question these days, but... Uh, uh, in terms of success, as in, uh, can you stop and be happy? Nah, if I stopped and was working right now and no music, then I'd be fucking raging. Like, I wouldn't have anything to do, man. Given that, 
uh, giving your answer, I guess. What path does a band take now, especially in the, ch- in the shifting sort of music landscape? Um, so, I kind of spoke to you as well about this before the the sound recorder was rolling, but um, for us it would be getting on uh, an agency or something that can kind of fund us to, to tour. Now, when I say fund, I don't mean cash cow or making loads of money, but right now... I essentially live my life as two full-time jobs. And I know some people will be thinking, aye, that's great, and that sounds like a whole heap of pish, but I'll work my seven-hour shift and I'll go home and I'm doing emails, promo, um, writing, I'm rehearsing. I'm running, I run after work to keep myself fit, but I'm only doing that so that I'm fit for shows and, I, and I'm in a positive mind frame for all this stuff. We rehearse six hours on Saturday. We use all our holidays for the year through work for um, you know tours and stuff like that so I really do see it as I've got kind of two jobs one pays me and one doesn't <laughs> but for me if I could have enough to pay the bills so it's not enough to like I don't, I don't seek or need enough to like try and you know make me wealthy but if I could do what I'm doing tour wise and have enough to send back to cover the commitments I've got then that that would be the way to go forward. So for us, we'll keep doing what we're doing. We'll try and get in an agency to get those shows because we're we're at a very lucky stage where we cover everything we do through the band. We we've never when we started, we came from Wolves. That was literally one of the goals. It was like we've all been in bands where we've paid to play or we've gone to a show and it's like exposure and that won't happen in this band. And it's not because we're greedy. It's not because we think we're above it. But we were all a wee bit longer in the tooth. So, and that's not to, you know, um, have a go at anybody who still will do it. That's fine. There's different ethoses. And, and we've, we took a lot of shit from the hardcore community and the DIY community back in Perth, small town mentality, over that. And I hope they see it's justified now because we've done well for ourselves um, from where we're from. Um, but yeah, if we, could, if we could just, you know, cover, cover our lives from doing the band, and, then that would be the, the next step for us. That's actually quite a, a good positive note to end on, I guess. Um, is there anything else you want to say, anything you want to ask me before I, I wrap this thing up? Um, I've asked you a few things about your band, man, but what's your what's your band's plans? Because I want I want to hear your music as well. Like you told me a bit about your band, um, False Hopes, but yeah, man, what's you know this is a two way conversation. Like, what, what's your aspirations? Um, I try not to think about it too much. Like, I just want to play shows to everyone everywhere and. There's, I was talking to somebody about this earlier on today, actually, and uh, I'll probably return to this in a podcast with that person at some point. Um, but I think a lot of bands they, they don't see the line between like ambition, success, and having people like your music. From doing this podcast, I've learned that I'd rather, I'd much, much, much rather have a small amount of people that really fucking love what I do than a large amount of people that listen to it once like it but don't, don't really give a fuck you know that's 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 the way that I look at it and I don't look at I wonder know it's just the kind of music we play it's not particularly melodic it's not going to it's not going to fucking like destroy the world you know what I mean like it's not going to be like a huge we're not going to be Biffy Clyros you know what I mean we know that but like you said about the way the industry's changing like um, our we've decided or I I Suggested to the band because what I do for my day job, I suggested to my band oh, instead of recording an album because we wrote an album. It was like, why don't we just release a song a month for the whole 2016? Because we're a new band, nobody knows who we are, and content means everything in the, in, in a digital world just now. Man, so release one song a month for free for 12 months for the whole 2016 and see what happens. It's a great idea. It, it's an okay idea, I think. Um, it means we're recording batches, but it's still a black hole of cash. It's free. We're not really making any cash. You know what I mean? Um, but. I'm interested to see how, how what happens because we've got no plans to, to take on a manager, take on a booking agent or pay for PR any time in the future but we are very aware of the fact that these things will have to happen if we want to continue doing it further down the line but I'm interested to see this, try this experiment out and see what happens because no, you never I'll know be, man. I'll like, be certainly keeping up to date with that because I, I had similar thoughts before of not not the whole one a month thing, but instead of an EP, just releasing like a new single here and there, a new single, new single, until you're ready for another album. Uh, but I think you might be on to a winner there because people love a new track and you'll see from SoundCloud plays um, that give you the number right beside it, the top track to the bottom is usually, unless there's a single being out that's near the bottom, 
it just goes people listen oh, listen less to things two and third song and fourth song and then they get a bit bored because how people are programmed now it's like 30 seconds like if you're not liking it skip because you've got a feed a news feed that refreshes so a new song every month will pro- I think it'll do you a lot of good man maybe I don't know like it remains to be seen but then you release it as an album and people yeah. should know all the songs totally. that's totally it like yeah, our idea is like if people if enough people liked it up till December uh, we'll, we'll probably get a good like we'll, we'll probably get a good handle on what it's going to be like probably come September, October if enough people are liking it by that point we'll probably we might go for the PR route and we might decide to do an album and, yeah. and release it but if we not if, we, if that doesn't happen we're going to record songs anyway we're going to release songs anyway not really losing much you know what I mean exactly man and that, that kind of sweeping statement you made about would rather have like a core amount of people love us than a massive amount of people just like like us one day and then blows no the wind the next day that's a band that's been a massive influence to me Ruben that was, yeah, their, that was yeah. their whole ethos and unfortunately it was probably well I wouldn't say it was their downfall because it's, they can't control that but it's what didn't help them stay a band um, but they were kind of every if you I used to work in Virgin Music when they were kicking about and I was in love with Race Cars Race Car Backwards their uh, debut album I was actually in contact with our drummer Guy at the time and find out where they recorded it and I wrote right back and stuff like that um, but every music journalist in Kerrang Rock Sound you know well, Kerrang and Rock Sound <laughs> big cheese as well uh, but they were like not a thing anymore aye exactly but they, they were like saying you know like Ruben is the best band in the world but Ruben won't those those bunny ears again make it because like they're not massive but they're fucking what they do is unbelievable and it's so important to so, pe- so many people but it just never hit the mainstream even though it's really accessible as well it's poppy as hell but it's heavy as hell and they probably I know they were inspired from bands like 100 Reasons and Biffy Clyro and stuff like that, early Biffy Clyro and stuff but they really could have just took it on the mantle and, and really you know, could have made it, but they just didn't. However, from the nod you gave me when I mentioned their name, and from me, and from people that I know, I know bands like Prestamico absolutely love them, and PMX absolutely love them. Bands that are really important to other people, I absolutely love them. I know loads of people do. Like the other bands that I was talking about, that will be immortal. People put that on that album forever in our generation and go what a fucking rock band listen to his clean vocals listen to his scream listen to his chords listen to that guitar production blah 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 blah. what did they do well they opened up download festival to about 20 people at like 10 in the morning and they played some sold out shows back down where they are but were they were they a success of course because everyone's they're fucking legends you know that's that success thing like you said again man to close off like you can't like what is success it's just it's pure like comes in different forms doesn't it they'll live on forever so to me they're successful they were in that awkward period when 100 Reasons and Hell is for Heroes and that got signed to major labels and then they came afterwards when they dropped off major labels yeah. and Biffy weren't big yet yeah. so they were kind of in that space where like it was just like a dead zone for like any kind of alternative music you know yeah, unless you were a fucking a metalcore band or, or even a new metal band at the time you know it's scary to think that if they, now they'd probably be much much bigger aye they've even got that lyric Hell is for Heroes I've got another single out and I can envisage another smash, no doubt. And then, it, like you said, it actually went fucking terrible. But that's them being openly jealous with about their friends, but in a good way, like saying, ah, they've got fucking another one out, funded by their label, absolutely brilliant, ah, it'll be a fucking smash. We're sitting here picking our arses, you know what I mean? But, like, their documentaries, I would urge anybody who's not watched them on YouTube, they're all filmed just like we would do, like, from someone in the band. And it's, like, Jamie Lenman, like going and working in the chippy and speaking to his boss and he's like, oh, Jamie's a great guy, you know? And then, like, they're going to, like, you know, he's having a banter with the customers and then he's, like, driving up to Newcastle and playing, like, a great show and then coming back down and they're selling all their shit and they're having to, like, downgrade and stuff like that so they can keep doing it. But the music they're creating is absolutely brilliant, so they don't want to give up, you know? And in the end, he's brought out, obviously, solo stuff whilst being an illustrator at one of, I think it's the Herald or a paper or something like that, but... Obviously, he would love to just be doing Ruben, but it, it killed them, like, them putting so much into it, them knowing, because they obviously know they were fucking great, um, great albums, the response they got from the few, um, but it just wasn't taking them forward, and that must just be soul-destroying, but that's that's the bitch that we all we all play to, you know? It's, it's a tough place. 
Do you worry about that? Huh? Do you, do you worry about that? Uh, having, to, having to quit it. Well, I guess that song, Am I Useful? That kind of, Am I Useful was put out, like, it's definitely not my favourite song in the album. And we had other ones that I thought were better than it, because it is very, very... We've got straight-up rock-pop songs. We've also got a lot deeper, more intricate songs. That one is a proper, like, you know, rock-pop. But to me, even when we do a poppy song, on the surface, it could sound poppy, but the lyrics to me are always deep, personally. If other people don't get that, that's cool. Um, but, yeah, that's why we put that one on the album, because the message was important. Yeah, of course you worry about it. You worry that all this is, like, acts in vain and no one will even really listen to it or connect with it, yeah, of course. But, like I said before, I've been lucky enough that there are a few who tell me and I meet them when we play gigs and they message us and stuff that it does mean a lot to them for different reasons, different songs. So, to me, that those worries are a wee bit alleviated because those people will be into that you know forever um, but my job and my goal is to try and get more people into that you know and if they're not that's total cool but if I can get more people into it then that there's your success for me <laughs> that's my, my barometer I guess that's an excellent note to end on Kyle it's been an absolute pleasure you thank man. you so much you too man thanks very much for your time you know Kyle's a really good guy and sitting down and talking to him I can see a lot of a lot of similarities in the way that we approach music and we came from Wolves to kind of grown into being quite a reasonably well-respected, well-known thing in Glasgow over the past few years, not even just in Glasgow, in Scotland, I mean they are from Perth after all and to have to have a chance to sit down and talk to someone in depth about their creative process is, is for me the whole reason this podcast exists, this is why I do it. And this is why I love doing it and hopefully this is why you listen because without you guys, it's, you know, it would be nothing. So yeah, thank you Kyle for sitting down and talking to me. Thanks for the beers as well. I mean, beers always appreciated. I will get them a couple back the next time I see them. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to hanging out again and actually catching a Weekend from Wolf show. The guys work really hard and I just love the fact that he puts so much into his craft that's heartening to me. It's the complete opposite from how I operate as a songwriter, but, you know, it's heartening to me to see that, you know, hard work rewards itself, I guess. So I I hope you enjoyed that interview. I certainly enjoyed doing that. I'm going to play you out in a minute with another song from their debut album. But before I do that, I just want to thank you for listening. I do appreciate you. I appreciate the fact that you tune in week after week and that you like the shit that I do I mean these podcasts and these interviews where people talk to other musicians are you know ten a penny the fact that you've chosen to spend time with me is is mind blown so thank you so if you're listening on iTunes please pop over to the column and just drop me a rating and review would super appreciate that it's a good thing to do and I do appreciate it a lot when I did the first ever podcast interview where I was interviewed that I spoke about at the start of the start of the episode, I was saying that it's, I know that I'm never going to be on the level of something like Scrooby's Pips Distraction Pieces or That's Not Metal podcast, but you know what, I still love where I'm at, I love that people listen and I'm so appreciative of that, so thanks. Your ratings, your reviews, your emails, your tweets, your comments, they all mean so much to me, send me more, I'll respond to all of them, you're all fucking brilliant, this is why I do it, so yeah, thank you. So now that that's out of the way, we're going to end this. I'm going to bring it to a very nice, lovely conclusion. This is a song called Runer, which we came from Wolf, just released as a single, actually. And I hope you enjoy it. It's from their debut album, which is self-titled. And yeah, you can get it on iTunes, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. It's a cracking song. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. I make my way home up the road. I 
the stillness of the terrace feels like it's a therapy as I ponder my thoughts in the cold. Stage of form I've been drinking again and though I feel like I'm a man in the zoom. There is a faith on thing of dread for the words which I've been said. We are the pixels beating sex on my phone. Sometimes are things that any girl like you deserves anymore. To be the apple in the eye of a highway journey guy who brings his time and money all to your door. And shall admit I'm a dreamer, but I'd rather be dreaming with my head in the air than to be stuck here on the ground for two kids hanging around, wasting my time from ten to six on a chair. Just a triple 